Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. It is November the 21st. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter from the Barangaroo Studios in Sydney. Carla, another day, another really modest move at the index level. Yeah, picked up where we left off, didn't we? Uh, much to, to my dissatisfaction. Uh, I think the ASX 200 down 0.17%, and that was really on the, the final tick of trade uh, in the in the post-market, um, post-market auction. So it's um, a brief rally, but those material stocks clearly weighing maybe the China story losing steam. Yeah, really interesting that, of course, we saw that optimism about China's reopening, also the uh, the property uh, rescue plan that was put forward by policymakers a couple of weeks ago, really put a rocket under a lot of those commodity stocks and anything China-related, uh, to be honest. But then, of course, over the weekend, uh, we're seeing that more restrictions have been now put in place and COVID cases are just skyrocketing. That comes as well when we've got to know the official government newspapers talking about no change to policy settings when it comes to dynamic COVID zero. Mm. Maybe a bit of a reality check uh, being brought on investors after that uh, optimism we've seen. Yeah, it certainly looks like it. I mean, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. I mean, it seemed more just like a tradable story rather than anything sort of based firmly in reality. So maybe this is just the inevitable uh, inevitable give up from when that uh, kind of momentum peters out. It'll be interesting, I suppose, because the other story that seems to be losing a little bit of puff is that Fed step down or whatever you want to phrase it as, um, as being as, as well. So a lot of questions as to whether we can rally into the end of the year. Maybe we're, we're losing a little bit of steam. We need uh, some fresh news to, to push us along. Yeah, this is going to cross the market map today, as you mentioned. Down smalls, about uh, two-tenths of a percent for the XJO, about a tenth for the CBO Australia 200. Uh, it was really a story of weakness in the resources space, and a 1.5% decline for materials, about 0.9% for energy. Then you look at tech as well, uh, some of the big names, Zero Block, were both down quite heavily today, leading to uh, the broader tech sector off 1.5%. More broadly, uh, some pretty interesting moves. You mentioned uh, that uh, concern about what we're seeing in China. Anything kind of China-related, uh, no, exposed, is not having a great session at all the aussie dollar is actually down about half a percent at 66.40 it was higher early on in the session also seen a modest reversal in that rise in bond yields but you're right when it comes to that uh, that fend fed mentality because looking at the other ed spread at the moment uh, over the course of uh, 2023 there's only about uh, 19 or so basis points priced in now when it comes to rate cuts uh, that's certainly very different to what we've seen earlier this year and also as recently as last week. So maybe a bit of a nuanced you know, talk coming up. We know that Jerome Powell as well will be doing a pretty key speech in just over a week's time. Is anything like Jackson Hole look out? Yeah, we'll see if you can keep it below seven and a half minutes. And, uh, well, you know, 
do a sort of a, a smash and grab job on the on the markets. We'll see how they how they do it. But I, I did notice that too. I mean, you keep a bit of a closer eye on the uh, euro dollar curve, which um, is uh, you know probably the best way to, to keep tabs on things. But if even if you just look at your standard Fed futures, um, you know we were sort of looking at a terminal rate there for for a couple of weeks below five. Well, that's picked up once again, and looks like uh, for at least as far as that uh, little CME Fed watch tool will will allow me to go out basically uh, with a five in front of it. So uh, the higher for longer story taking uh, control once again. Yeah, June contract looks like it's going to be the terminal rate, at least for market pricing at this point in time. We know a lot can go and change out there. At the individual stock level today, Nanosonics was the other biggest laggard. It was down close to 13%, a couple of broker downgrades coming through. Helix as well, there's some speculation from the Oz over the weekend about its uh, a day hospital unit. Also a broker downgrade coming through there. It was off 4.4%. Also, you know, a few other things. Looking at Fortescue, it was higher earlier on today. It was, I think it was up by a couple of percentage points. And then, lo and behold, it when it finished, the day down close to four so yeah big reversal there and that was in the back of some weakness in chinese iron or futures and just general pessimism towards china at the other end of the spectrum not a lot to go and crawl about when it comes to our uh, to big moves agl which uh, you had a bit of a chat about with one of our the other uh, yuns earlier on today with our guests as uh, was a top performer it's been a rarity uh, a long time between drinks that we can say that agl was one of the top performers out there yeah, what are you putting that on? Is it just uh, we, we call it oversold and that's it? Or uh, are we all lauding the, uh, uh, I suppose, endeavours of, of Mike Cannon-Brooks, the White Knight? Yeah, so is he going to save the company as well yeah, as the world? Who, who knows? Who knows? Well, he's uh, you know embarking on many, many different projects out at this point in time. A few guests have come on the program recently, and I've had a chat to them about uh, what's been the lobbed the other uh, bid with Origin, and maybe implications for the uh, the breakup value of AGL, which I think we all expect at some point in time is going to be going down that path. So maybe that'll be something to do with it. Maybe we'll find out there's been a broker move tomorrow. Often, uh, more often than not, we see these big moves out of nowhere, and then uh, lo and behold, we get an explanation. Broker activity has gone and changed the story. So that could be one there as well. Uh, lithium space was a, a Funny as Mojo back after a pretty tough week. I can see Liontown was leading the gains up 2.7%. Uh, over the course of uh, your day, mate, what were some of the great conversations you had? Uh, well, it was always a pleasure kicking things off with Isaac Paul from Oriana. He always gives you a, a, a good global multi-asset uh, view on what's happening in the world and he's continuing with his view that you know the Fed will sort of slowly uh, ease well sorry ease is completely the wrong word but I was going to say ease back but um, slow slow down and uh, ease off the aggressiveness I guess you could uh, say on, uh, on on policy also spoke up perhaps some of the limitations but also opportunities in China and getting exposure to, to that space. Um, Mark Todd actually had a great chat with him. I always uh, take the opportunity to try to push him on the plumbing of uh, of uh, of the financial system and how funding markets work and also are working currently and uh, gave me a few interesting insights there perhaps one that uh, folks at home wouldn't typically uh, latch on to or, or, or like to, to listen back to but if you are into that kind of thing um, it was a it was a good conversation but um, yeah uh, also Grady Wolf off the top a couple of stock picks to, to begin the day so there was a sort of variety of, uh, of, of conversations also I suppose I could say I had a, had a chat with uh, Peter Gray from uh, Zip uh, there was, of course, that Treasury paper released, um, uh, basically talking of uh, the, the the new uh, regulations that will come uh, to the space. He gave us uh, a bit of a view on what they are and what it will mean for the industry as well as for, for Zip. Yeah, 
probably about time and before long that we've actually gone and seen some uh, some measures in that space uh, for what is essentially unsecured lending. Uh, same for credit cards, so it shouldn't be any different when it comes to buying our pay letters because it's a different mechanism to go and pay for it. So, uh, welcome, you know, finally after a long period of time. Look, uh, some of the great conversations I had today are David Sikorsky from Carrara Investment Management, hedge funds. Uh, he's seen a few cycles in his time and always good to go and chew the fat how he's playing at the moment. He's got an interesting theory as to why the Aussie banks are trading at such a you know, premium to others around the world. He actually likes a lot of offshore banks, but doesn't like the Aussie banks at this point in time. So so well worthwhile having to listen to that. It's in the show notes today. Also, uh, had a look with, uh, had a chat with uh, David Lennox from Fat Profits, and uh, he was talking to the gold miners. Came up with a couple of names that he likes. Uh, one big, one not so big, but uh, certainly getting pretty excited about bullion after the uh, the rally was seen. Stored a little bit uh, in recent times, but uh, yeah, a big pop, and that was on the back of uh, some weakness in the US dollar, and a bit of uncertainty when it comes to the outlook for yields around the world. Uh, look, to the listeners out, uh, out there at, uh, at home, or wherever you are at the moment, we'll have a bit of a chat about the weather earlier on today uh, before we came on the podcast. Kyle, weren't we? I was just telling you how rubbish it's been in Adelaide at the moment, and it's uh, it's been kind of a story around the world, and uh, in Australia as well. Uh, lots of natural disasters is taking place uh, some terrible flooding at the moment the riverland in south australia also in parts of victoria and new south wales doing it really tough at this point in time given that and uh, the exposure that insurers have to uh, to those natural disasters and uncertainty about no interest income when it comes to fixed income that would go make the uh, uh the insurers our stocks of the day so iag and qbe were our two stocks we sat down with Toshi uh, today with uh, our guests to go through the details have a listen Okay. We've taken QBR. We're still in IAG. Um, I still think that's a you know there's not too many turnaround big caps, and that's playing out. Premiums are going to rise, oh. um, and but they'll you know it, it's not easy. But I think this is one where the market finds it hard to play and stays out of it. We've had a bit of a bounce back. Um, I think IAG is not cheap anymore, but we're still pretty comfortable. It'll hold up. Now QBE for me, with what's happening on the global and the currency play, it's become a bit more negative. So we're more neutral on the sector now. I don't know. And if anyone's ever had a look at the accounts <coughs> of those businesses, mm -hmm. the sensible answer is always, I don't know. These are black boxes. Right. Um, they take in money and they invest them somewhere you don't know where at, at um, variable returns with a fixed liability. So you would never be in them just because they're too complex. And there you have it, uh, Nathan Samasandran from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. In short, no. Nah. Uh, Nathan's still got uh, IAG in his portfolio, but uh, doesn't think there's any real value in it at this point in time when it comes to adding the position. Tough time to be an insurer, particularly if you think that uh, the bond yields have gone and topped out, and uh, given what we're seeing with some of the weather conditions out there at this point in time. Yeah, it would certainly seem so. I mean, I had a mate that worked, you know, not at a particularly high level, but just in, a, in an insurance company. And he just said that uh, he doesn't understand why people would invest in it because premiums go up. They always have trouble retaining clients. Margins are typically always getting sort of, uh, you know, smaller. Um, yeah, I've uh, just, I've never seen the appeal in it. So there you go. Maybe two uh, smarter blokes than me see, uh, see the reasoning behind that too. Yeah. Reinsurance risk as well, of course, they've got you know, plenty of reinsurers who are willing to go and do it, but the cost to go and reinsure that risk 
Uh, just like what we're seeing at the moment, uh, seems to be only going one direction, as you rightfully point out, at a time when people are you know, a bit uh, strapped for cash and the like. Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, no glowing assessment there when it comes to the insurers. Uh, look, uh, it's going right off the air today. We've got a speech from RBA Governor Philip Lowe tomorrow evening. Uh, not a lot elsewhere on the other radar, apart from the RBNZ uh, interest rate decision this week. It's going to be probably about Fed speak, you'd imagine, which is no real uh, no change to what we normally talk about, right? No, no, and I think uh, sometimes I get the feeling, I suppose, that's exactly the way that they want it. Um, I guess it uh, builds a good portfolio for the speaking circuit once they left the job, especially now that it's uh, it's harder to, um, I suppose, money make money for them on the market. So um, we'll just be look, listening in and uh, tuning in to, uh, to what they have to say. Governor Lowe will be interesting t- tomorrow night, but um, very light, FOMC minutes, RBNZ, and then... December rolls around and some of the uh, the big events there will be marking the crescendo for the year. Yeah, absolutely. That inflation report looms large, also the, the payrolls report, and so then we'll go and hear from the Fed in the middle of December. We're just going to see what Powell does going to say just over a week's time. So we've got all these uh, no speakers rolling out this week. We know that in the lead up to Jackson Hole, the, the commentary is all the same. It was all pretty much saying like, no, we need to go and do more work here. We need to go and keep rates high for longer. And the market just ignored it. And it took that very uh, short and succinct speech from Powell to go and get the So maybe the, uh, the reaction over the, uh, the next uh, next week or so in markets will probably be pretty uh, influential when it comes to the tone of what uh, Mr. Powell has to go and say then. But look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, not a lot on the macro front, so plenty of uh, fresh air at the moment to go. Corporate news stories and everything else, we'll have it all covered here on Ausbiz. We're back on air at 8.30 tomorrow morning. So long.